0: Hi everyone and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. It's been a while since we've done any podcast, about a month and a half, but I thought that um, we've got a very interesting topic for today and it's worth sharing. So up front I want to point out two things, Well maybe three things. First is that while I'm going to talk about how um, a group of two MBAs two phds in our program have moved from management consulting into private equity and although we were heavily involved in helping them this is not an advertisement for a new service we are offering so i'm not putting out this podcast and hope that people listen to this and then write to me and say michael uh, we want help going to private equity firms consulting is not involved in the uh, hiring in private equity space and while we you know, understand the process. We're not doing that work. These four candidates I'm going to talk about and two that are in the process right now with us are people we chose to help, but it's not something that uh, we will do going forward. It was more for personal reasons that we chose to help them rather than pure business reasons. So that's the first point I want to make. The second one is that this is not An introduction to private equity podcast if you don't know anything about private equity you're still learning the ropes this podcast may teach you a lot of useful things but this is more interested this is more focused on people who are really interested in making that jump have done a lot of preparation but are not getting any traction because they've tried all of the basic stuff they've read about on the internet and it's not working so this is more an advanced view on um, how to make that jump how do you actually move across versus how do you prepare because a lot of blogs and forums are about how do you prepare the basics this is not about that this is about once you've done that why are you not getting across and the, the final point I want to make is that there's going to be about I think about 16 important points that I want to make here. So the podcast is going to be a little bit long, but I want you to pay attention because we're covering some very important points. So I'm going to analyze the four people that have made the transition from management consulting into private equity and why they were able to do that. And contrast that with other people who have tried to make that move and have not been as successful. So four people have made that transition, two are in the process with us of going through the interviews and so on. And it's a mix of people in the United States and the UK, so both markets are covered. And the findings are similar across both markets, with the exception of one thing, which I'll point out. So So let's start off by talking about some of the things we've observed about people who make this transition. I think the first one is that the thing that strikes me the most about people who don't make the transition is that they will do a lot of reading about financial analysis and they will then come in for a practice interview with me and I'll give them an Albio case or whatever. And I noticed that when I ask them, for example, Emma, are you ready for the practice interview? Emma will say yes. And then I'll tell Emma, but are you sure you're ready? And Emma will say, yes, I'm sure I'm ready. And Emma comes in and Emma does badly. And I I think to myself, Emma, why have you done badly? And Emma will say, well, I prepared a lot. You know, I've obviously improved 60% since the last time we spoke. And this is the thing, this is the mistake Emma is making. It's not how much she's improved, it's how much she has to still improve relative to the peer group against which she's interviewing. So this is the insight. The first insight is don't just give yourself a nice pat on the back if you've got someone teaching you about core financial analysis and you're showing a lot of improvement. What's more important is that you know the level of skill required to demonstrate an interview and you are measuring yourself against that. So if you're making a lot of improvement by yourself, that's nice. But it's not great if you don't know what is the metric you're going to be measured on when you go in for your interview, right? And I want to use an analogy here. The analogy I want to use is a lot of candidates who don't make the transition from consulting to private equity, they view learning finance like learning to speak English. Yeah, I mean, you can learn to speak English in a a few months or even a year or two years, by watching friends and the good wife and practicing with colleagues and so on, but it's not going to be good enough to win an essay competition. And that's the distinction I want you to make. Yes, you may be able to improve your conversational finance, your ability to dissect deals at some level, but in an interview, you have to be at the essay level writing. So I want you to think about that. Benchmark yourself against what's expected of you, and don't just say, I understand the concept can you eloquently have a discourse on the subject? That's very important, right? So that's the first one. The second point is, I would say that, and this is a big one, private equity and investment bankers, private equities particularly, they speak in a certain way. The same way I, as a consulting partner, even though I was in corporate finance, I speak in a very different way from someone in private equity. So in two minutes well one minute i would say when i when i speak to a bcg mckinsey person i know this person works at bcg mckinsey by the same token when i'm speaking with a person in private equity it doesn't take me long to figure out even if he's not even talking about finance this person is probably in the financial services community particularly investment banking or private equity and depending on the terms and the way they they allocate things probably private equity and I think that when, you, when you're so far removed from the industry, someone from consulting trying to break in, it helps enormously if you pick up the terminology, the language, and the manner of speaking that people in private equities you know do uh, have it's the same way when we teach people management consulting skills and case interview training i get them to speak the way if they're interviewing at mckinsey the way mckinsey partners speak and the way bcg partners speak in fact i force them to do that right and people do badly at that in fact i would go as so far as to argue that the way management consultants speak is not good for the, for the private equity industry. I would say that in private equity, it's a very different style of speaking versus management consulting, where we're very big on the structure and then we start prioritizing and zooming in, where in private equity, it's, it's a more technical prioritization as opposed to a logic prioritization. And that that's actually a substantial difference. The third point, to me, a big one, and I'll tell you why it's a big one in, in one second after I make the point. What really, I think, people fail to understand is that private equity is not a feeder industry so what does that mean in life you get feeder industries and you get finisher industries now a feeder industry is an industry that you join in the hopes of skilling up to join another industry management consulting is a feeder industry you go to management consulting to learn the skills to hopefully open your own business and go into corporate and industry and whatever, right? But, but that, that's what people do. So people go into management consulting because it is a feeder industry. Private equity is a finisher industry. Why does this matter? It matters in the sense that when you interview for management consulting and they ask you why you want to be a management consultant, it's okay if you say, Well, I'm not sure where I'm going to end up, but I know I need certain skills, and I believe management consulting is the best place to give that to me, but that's okay because it's a feeder industry, it's feeding other industries. Private equity is not a feeder industry, it is a finisher industry. When you choose to go into private equity, you better have a good reason. It's not enough to say, Well, you know, I like doing deals, I like doing analysis, I believe that can be suited to me. That is not an answer that is not an answer because it shows you know nothing about the industry it shows you haven't thought about it it's like you got up one morning and decided you want to be in private equity and you just went for the interview so distinguish between feeder and finisher industries and private equity is a finisher industry you must have a very clear reason of how your thought process has brought you to join private equity i mean these four candidates Terrible reasons for going to private equity. I mean, it's just so bad that I, I, I had to with all of them. Some of them were worse than the others. You know, just sit down with them and craft a reason of why they want to go into private equity. And and the reasons matter. And the reasons can be broken up into into I would say two groups. Right. The first one is this is my fourth point. You need a good personal reason. Private equity firms are usually run by one or two senior people who espouse a personal philosophy for the way they invest. No two private equity firms are the same, period. Each private equity shop is pushing its own management philosophy and its own financial value creation framework, and you need to be aligned with that. So when you go into a private equity interview and you say, well, all private equity firms are the same, therefore blah, 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 you won't get the offer. Now, when you give a personal reason, I'm trying to think of personal reasons I can share without giving away the identities of the individuals here. But what I would like to see is how did your personal life lead you to want to go into private equity? That's very important for me. And I always craft that story with the candidate. Now, the reason why having a personal reason is so important for management consultants is because the only you're only gonna get a reason for one of three reasons. You either have a personal reason to be in that interview, you either have deal experience, which means you can be put onto private equity immediately, or you can talk about a deal even though you don't have private equity experience. So you can show someone that, you know what, even though I don't have private experience, I understand the numbers very well. So personal experience, actual deal experience, or you can talk about a deal. Now, as a management consultant, you're not going to have deal experience. And hopefully, you can talk about a deal but probably not so, so just to get the interview even before you can talk about the deal because no one can see that in your resume you need to have a personal reason that you need to convey now the reason why i think personal reasons are, are important for management consultants is not just that it's the way you're going to get the interviews right and this comes to my next point right the way you're going to get interviews with private equity firms is not through having a fancy resume. I'll tell you to you right now, that private equity is different from management consulting. It's not about the person who goes through the, the recruitment process with HR, blah, blah blah. It doesn't work that way. Priority equity firms are, are have a smaller overhead structure. They they. in a manner of speaking, they don't invest a lot of money in HR systems. So HR generally doesn't do the bulk of the hiring, but they usually work with headhunting firms. So what that means is that because of the size of the deals they're doing, the size of the HR structure, they outsource it. Now, there's two ways to get the interview. One is to connecting to the headhunters, and there are a few that are quite influential. Or the other one is to be introduced to a senior principal or partner or managing director, whatever you want to call them, of the private equity firm. Now, if you don't have deal experience, you can't talk about deals, the only way you're going to make a connection with that headhunter is on a personal basis, and to get an introduction with someone senior in the private equity firm is on a personal basis. So my advice to consultants, and where I spend a lot of time with these four people, is to have a clear personal reason have a and link to that a clear reason why you want to go into private equity so clear personal reason and a clear professional reason why private equity and then use that to in 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 this case we helped some of the candidates with introductions but not in all of the cases some of them we just pointed out the hunting firms that they need to contact and so on and they went ahead and did it themselves but the point is this no personal reason no clear career reason The personal link into the interview doesn't work. And remember something, I'll I'll say this again. Private equity is enormously relationship-driven. This is not about, you know, your experience in consulting interviews are going to be very different if you're going to private equity. The way you get the interviews, who gets the jobs, it's not always about the smartest people. It's about the people who have the drive to get the role. Which comes to my next point. I think that it's important that you understand that When you're dealing with people's money, everyone's going to scream at you, kick at you, throw things at you, and so on. You need to be able to deal with that. Private equity firms are not looking for people who are pushover. They are not looking for people who will struggle to handle stress, for lack of a better word, right? So, i'm not going to make a big deal about this because i think most people understand finance is a tougher industry but don't go into private equity if you are someone who's not going to be able to deal with irate clients who are worried about their returns dropping Remember, in finance everyone's trying to make money and no one's just going to give it up so you have to have a mindset whereby you are going to be tough on deals and get the best that's what i'm looking for the best terms given the fact that everyone is going to be pushing for the most unfair terms for you. But that's fairly obvious, so I don't want to talk about that too much. You know, a lot of consultants like to work in private equity assignments at Bain. You know, a lot of uh, private equity advisory for, for uh, PE shops, and McKinsey does a lot, BCG does a lot, and so on. And I want to point out two things here. Firstly, you know, I'll use mean, an analogy. The busboy in a restaurant does a lot of work for the master chef like Gordon Ramsay. But I think we can all agree that the busboy cleaning the tables cannot do Gordon Ramsay's work. Well he probably could try, but he's not gonna you know win three Michelin stars and so on. So the point I'm trying to make is that do not assume that because you are doing consulting PE related work you're going to make this big great leap into Private equity, it's it's not the same. It's this example that I just gave you of the busboy cleaning the tables and Gordon Rams. Yeah, they work pretty closely together, they do pretty similar things. Okay, let me scratch. They don't do similar things, but they're in the same industry, work close together, and so on. For all intents and purposes, for someone who doesn't understand the restaurant industry, it looks pretty similar, but they're not the same. You will always hear stories of people who got into Bain private equity rotation program and went into a private equity firm but the reason people are telling you those stories is because there are so few of them they wouldn't be telling you these stories if it is so easy to do it so if you're going into management consulting to go into private equity i would not recommend that it's not a good career path it's not even a known career path people don't go into management consulting and go into private equity it's it's not a career path so so, so rethink that part. I mean, and I would seriously ask you to rethink that part. Don't just say, oh, Wendy and McKinsey is a great name on my resume. Yes, it's a great name on your resume in management consulting, but not in private equity and finance, you know. Deals are different from managing business issues. The next point I want to make is that be good on the technical skills and be good on the personal stories. Now, linked to this point when i mentioned to you how you're going to get an offer i said you can either have a personal reason you can either have deal skills or you can discuss a deal and i remember with some of these candidates we were preparing and asked them you know tell me if leverage buyout a deal that you particularly found interesting and admire and they'll say well you know i don't know much about private equity deals then i'll think to myself okay Private equity and consulting are different. If I ask you that question in management consulting, and tell me about a, a consulting assignment that you particularly like, I would expect you could say I don't know much about it because it's a private industry. We don't share information. We don't admit being a client. But finance is different. LBO deals and private equity deals are scrutinized to the nth degree. All of the financial statements are filed with some regulating authority somewhere in the world. So to say that you're interested in a sector but you can't even discuss a deal bothers me. So one of the first things I do when I test people is say, let's talk about a deal that you particularly found interesting, and I go into a lot of detail. What are the issues? How is the deal structures? How is the debt structures? What were the covenants? You know, just constantly working my way down. And then I'll once I can see they understand the the way the deal was structured, I'll then look at the do they understand the technical points and modeling? How would they model this? How would they set up some of the assumptions? How would they run some of the sensitivity analyses? How would they work out some of the technical points around free cash flow and so on? And I'm looking for two things. I'm looking: Can they do they understand the deal at a at a, at a conversational level, but but a deep finance conversational level? And second, if I switch it, I'm talking about the same deal, but I'm almost putting on an x-ray glasses and attacking it just by the numbers can they can they switch between the both conversations that's what i'm looking for top down bottom up top down explaining the deal the logic the thinking bottom up how do the finances comes to get how do the finances come together so the ones who made it were good at that well they were never good at it to start you had to force them to be good at it um Another point, I think consultants are obsessed with structure which doesn't work in private equity deals, and that may sound counterintuitive, but the reason I'm saying that is because when I ask any of these four candidates, and the ones even who didn't make it, how to go about thinking through a deal, they always start with some damn structure. And yeah, in consulting, that's important to a certain degree, but in private equity, you don't get any points for being structured. You get points for telling me how you'd analyze the deal, but building your approach based on a technical understanding of how value is created in a business which has nothing to do with just telling me I'm going to analyze the sector, I'm going to analyze the market and, and I admit there are times when those structures work but if I see someone using those structures all the time I will give them a deal to analyze where they don't need to analyze the market and they didn't just start off by saying I'm going to analyze the market I have a problem with that, and the reason I have a problem with that is because if you go to Bain's website, McKinsey's website, and BCG's website, they do review projects where they've supported private equity firms, right? but the work the consulting firm is doing is complementary to the work the private equity firm is doing on that deal. I'm not interested in the work the consulting firm did in the deal, I'm interested in the work the private equity firm did on the deal, and I want you to analyze it from that perspective. So don't talk to me just about analyzing the markets, talk to me about other issues, the hardcore financial issues. Yes, we've got to analyze the market. What happens then? How do we take those numbers across? What happens if there's cyclicality in the market and so on? I want to understand how those things impact free cash flow. Um, just some three closing points I want to make here. First one is that if you make the transition from consulting to private equity, the odds are very high. You're going to be on the operations side of private equity where you're helping to extract value from the businesses rather than making the deals, which basically means you're an in-house consultant, an operations in-house consultant. So again, just because you've heard of your of a relative, of a cousin, of a brother, of a sister joining a private equity firm from consulting, be clear they are doing private equity work and not doing internal consulting work. That's my first closing point. My second one is that these people took 12 months to make the transition from the time they wanted to do it because the networking is substantial and most of them didn't do they just couldn't get to the interview so we had to introduce them to people um, so the networking was hard but i i let them f- sort of try their own networking approaches because i wanted them to beef up their technical understanding ability to speak finance and so on which they weren't very good at and 12 months is what I would say. I think if you're planning for anything less, it'll be difficult. The language is different. The The way you analyze deals are different. The way you think through the problems are different. And, I, and you need to speak in the language of finance as opposed to the language of management consulting. And final point I want to make, which, I, which I've mentioned before, but I want to stress it, is that moving from management consulting to private equity is... Not going to be like like your your move into management consulting. It's not going to be as if you submit your application to HR, they call you for interviews, you go through a process which is fairly transparent. You get the offer. No, private equity. You submit an application. You don't get you get a decline basically, right? Because there's really no HR structure there. You send it to one of those famous headhunters. Pretty much a decline unless you have a very good way to connect with them. You write to one of the partners who is amenable to introductions also decline, so so what happens yeah well rather than just writing to these headhunters you have to understand what they are looking for which is difficult i would say i think your best bet actually is getting an introduction to some of those partners who can influence private equity hiring so this can be done But it's not like anything I see candidates going through now. I I get so many requests from candidates saying, Michael, I want to go into private equity. How do I make that jump? Is it easy? But what bothers me is, is a lot of these people don't know anything about private equity. And they are about four months away from whereby they have done enough research to ask the right questions to go into private equity. So hopefully you found this podcast useful and helpful for your own preparation as always uh, i'm happy to answer questions here but i think that because we have to tailor our answers so carefully to the person's profile it's going to be impossible for me to to give meaningful responses unless i know the person very well and that's why i am recommending that you know we're not advertising firms consulting is helping people go into private equity is what we're doing but we are giving you some pointers here that when you do this by yourself, and we know, I'm sure there are other firms that do this uh, when you work with those firms, you know just be careful you're not spending a lot of money becoming an expert at the basics, because an expert at the basics is not going to get a job in private equity. You need to practice the basics yourself and then be able to make that, that leap in two ways. One is, what is the steps you're going to follow to get your application to the decision maker? Who's going to refer you? And second, what are the steps you have to take to be able to speak finance like someone in private equity? And and, and I mean this when I say I want to hear what your favorite deal is and why. If you can't tell me that, pretty much the conversation ends for me right then. And, there. and I've stopped that. I mean, we did have a candidate who wanted to make the transition and I uh, agreed to help them, but I did feel that the candidate was not ready and you know you cannot introduce someone to a colleague at um, whatever firm uh, and say that interview this person knowing full well they're not ready now i mentioned that i'll point out two differences between the us and the uk when it comes to private equity u.s private equity placements are technically easier and i'll tell you why Than in london london Believes in place in, in uh, assessment centers. Now, banking invented assessment centers. An assessment center is where they bring you across for a day, two days, sometimes three days. They put you in a room and, give you to, and get you to build real models and test you that is a staple for investment banking interviews in the UK and private equity firms are doing it as well in the UK so in the UK you don't just interview about your skills you have to actually demonstrate it now I know a lot of Americans are going to say well we do that as well but you don't there are a few firms who do it but it's definitely not the standard process for US private equity hiring in the private equity market in the US you will have demonstrated the skills at another business like an investment bank and then you move across. In the UK, even if you demonstrate in another market, you're still called in to prove those skills. So think about this advice and you know, if you want to make the move to private equity, I would encourage it as you know, do whatever you think is important for your career. But certainly, you know, be prepared for what's coming your way because the transition is not difficult. I don't think it's difficult if you have the right background. But I think people don't prepare adequately and that's what really messes them up. Um, as always you know the best of luck and um, if you have any queries send them my way but it's going to be difficult for me to give you very specific feedback uh, unless i know your profile and it's not just looking at your resume because that's not knowing a person it's about knowing you as a person and and rather than sending me a question it's better to maybe use that kind of um, thinking when you're working with someone else to to get feedback or guidance on how to join private equity